Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. I want to welcome you listeners to the greatest show on earth. Coming at you live from the COVID bunker. The virus bunker. The virus bunker. You heard his voice. That's my co-host. American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, Chumaham Bowen, at it again. Yeah. 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 Savage. Come on. Savage. Come on. This battlefield is my canvas, what? and it might not take us platinum, but that hand drum is Man, battlefield is our canvas. Yeah, we got a special show for you today. Yes, we do. We got, we got Chu. Yeah, we got a, um, we got, we got a, we're, we're picking up with Danny S, right? You guys might remember him from the two-parters where he was in Iraq and talked about turning, what did he, what was, what did he say? It's like your favorite thing. What? Remember when he went to Iraq and he, that guy shot a, a, a rocket-propelled grenade at him? Yeah, and he fucking laid him out and then he had his legs looking like uh, cheese pizza. Like cheese pizza, he said. Yeah. So Danny's coming on the show. Soldier of fortune. You call him the soldier of misfortune. <laughs> soldier of misfortune. Yeah. Uh, so Danny's, we got Danny coming on the show. We're doing everything remote because of COVID-19. And Danny was saying he's symptomatic. Yes. So we're going to find out what's going on with America's hero, Danny S. Yes. And then, uh, and then Danny's bringing the medic that he toured in Iraq with. Yep, part of his team. Yeah, a guy named Wyatt, which surprisingly turned out to be kind of like a southern white dude. I was not expecting that. Were you? I mean, I guess nope. I should have known his name was Wyatt, but... I had no idea. All right, so um, we're going to go uh, back into the bunker, and we're going to have Sean the Soundman set up the uh, remote access, and then, uh, and then we'll start the show, all right? Yep. All right, sounds good. Right here with you. All right. Let's settle the fuck down and let's get back to what we're really talking about. So, okay. Danny S., friend of the show, amazing guy, drinking double tequila shots, I think it was. Was that double tequila, Danny, when you were when that last show? Double Tito's. Double Tito's. Double Tito's, no burritos. He was uh, feeling no pain by the end of that show, I'm pretty certain. Sounded like a <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, also, Danny uh, helped us perform a little secret operation, uh, yep. Operation Power Cord. Yep, that's where yep, we'll leave yep, it. Yes, right? and that's that. We don't Can need we to talk any further about that. <laughs> operation Power yeah, Cord. Yeah, that was some black ops that was going down. Yeah, right? that's exactly right. Um, and then he told us these harrowing tales of, was it Iraq 1 or Iraq 2, Danny? Iraq 2. Iraq 2. So Iraq 2, he told us some harrowing, amazing tales. Some horrific tales. Horrific, but also heroic right yep. fearless legs like pizza right Cheese pizza he yeah, didn't God, tell you man. none of the funny shit because there's so much funny shit that happens if you can just okay. leave, like if if hold you on, hold on Wyatt, Wyatt. yeah all right so let me let me let me introduce you now because i want you to hit us with some funny shit yeah okay so Wyatt, don't try it uh is the medic right that was sta- that was with uh danny s when Danny S. got hit by a grenade and didn't know it and was still running around trying to tap dance or whatever it was, it was, the, it was Wyatt who helped him uh, be safe, helped him realize how he'd been damaged, and uh, I think got him off the, off the battlefield. So is that correct, Wyatt? Do I have that right? Yeah, that was one of our days. All right. So now, why don't, first of all, Wyatt, you got kind of a twang in your voice. Yeah. What, 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 where's that from? Yeah, I call this my icebreaker. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, it it we'll sparks everybody's curiosity. Uh, I'm 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 from Kentucky. Yeah. All right. Right on. At where in Kentucky? I'm from a small town called Princeton in uh, the west side of the state of Kentucky. You know what's funny about that? That's probably the only Princeton I'm ever going to get admitted to is the Princeton in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> standards um, are low standards are low shoot higher <laughs> that's what i like that's what i like so let me ask you a question so you're from kentucky are you a corn-fed white boy are you latin what are you i i can almost glow like that's how white i am like I'm, i love I, that i'm like i was born with a 750 credit score everything <laughs> uh, it's 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 been real hard to fuck up as much as i have but i've still found a way uh but um i'm still here and uh, yeah. yeah like i'm 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 as white as it gets uh fucking uh, 2a high school um jv football all that like very much like a country music song i love it and so then how does uh how did you get into iraq too because the, the way Danny S. tells his story, he's a Latin dude with the kind of a, you know, I don't think his credit score was as good as yours. He's in school. No. He, sees, he sees the trade towers explode, and he's like, fuck that. They just attacked us. I'm joining up. How, what, how did you join up? No, well, I'm older than Danny. Um, pardon me. I've been drinking. Um, That's all right. Um, so I guess both of us came in because of September 11th. Uh, everybody has their like September 11th story. Um, my, my version of September 11th is I remember waking up to, a. remember back in the days when like you had a, like a clock radio that would wake you up with like the news. Yeah. I mean, you could set it for whatever radio station you fucking wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just wake up and then people start talking to you. Um, uh, they, they mentioned that like a plane had, uh, flown into the World Trade Center, but they made it sound almost like a fucking crop duster did or something. Like it was almost right, like not funny, like, like yeah. not a, not an airliner, and, it, and 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 obviously there had been nothing before then to kind of situate your mind to think about that. And how old are you at this time? 
Uh, I am uh, 21. All right. 21. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on uh, clock radio. Yeah. Junior in college. <laughs> right. What were you studying? Uh, exercise science. I wanted, Oh, yeah. shooting high. Aiming what, high. What year yeah. is this? Uh, what this year is, is this? Uh, 2001. What the fuck is exercise science? I mean, is it like PE on it's, steroids? It's 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 worth a pat on the back, dog. That's all it gets you. That's like like we can talk forever about the things that almost got me in the fucking army, but like yeah, like it's it's uh <laughs> yeah, like it's it's well, it's were a you way getting to go. good. Were you getting good grades in exercise science, or were you I, just trying I to nail chicks? I was fucking it up. I was fucking it up. I was fucking <laughs> like like my my. I was tip top in my class. Mm. I yeah. love that. So far, by the way, Wyatt, so far your story about uh, exercise science and all this other stuff is completely different than uh, a lot of the stories that we've heard here on the Hard Luck Show about dudes in uh, on the West Side. So it's yeah? interesting. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, everyone else. Yeah. Oh, oh. Like, for instance, we had a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but we had a guy who, like, when he was 13, he found, like, a bag of, like, $5,000 stashed in an alley. Who was yeah. that? Who was that? That was Diablo. Diablo. First of all, no one's got a normal name. It's like Diablo. And he was shooting at rats that were coming out of a dog food factory in the back of his alley. That's, you know what? That's not far from white people in Kentucky. Shooting no, rats? No. Right, Wyatt? You guys shoot varmints out there? Uh, there's there's a lot of squirrels to be shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that That is a rodent of some nature. Yes, um, it is. Um, a lot of uh, raccoon shenanigans. Uh, dogs are involved. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a whole process. Let I me ask it. you something real quick. Do, uh, you live now out here in California. I live wherever I'm at for the last year. He's okay. a nomad. He, okay. his home is inside. His How home, you, his home is where he sets his drink down. Do you like California? I do like California. Uh, I, I, I have done one contract in Northern California I have done one contract now in Southern California. It was the uh, one contract in Northern California in San Francisco? No, it was way north. It was like Redding. It was actually okay. Red Bluff, if you know where that is. A lot is. of tweakers out there. Okay, all right. A lot of right. tweakers, a lot of tweakers, yeah. Right, yeah, right. I, I take care of all God's children. Of uh, course. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right, so you wake up. You don't know what kind of planes hit the towers. You're, you're 21, exercise science. Well, no, so, so then like, what happens? So, like, I hear the report, and then it's just like, oh, like, some dipshit ran his shitty plane into the Twin Towers. Right. And, and then I walk over to where the um, the college cafeteria is, and I see, like, the picture coming away from, like, the tower. And I was like, God damn, that's a big fucking hole for a crop duster. And right. then at that same time, the next tower gets hit. I was like, God damn. And um, I was like, fuck, like I was really, I was really, 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 really stupid and really ignorant for like 45 seconds. I was like, what's the chances of two planes fucking up? Like, man, right. like what's the, like, like one pilot, maybe, I don't know what fucking happened, but maybe something happened. But right. two of them, like, and there's like the obvious answer that it wasn't an accident, that kind of shit. Right. Of course. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, you you weren't, I mean, listen, you you weren't far off from what everyone else was kind of going through because, again, right. like I said, I don't think it, the coronavirus might be the only thing that people are starting to kind of 
get the sense like something like this hasn't happened before in a long <laughs> ass time. Yeah. So with the Twin Towers, it was kind of the same thing. Like you said, it took yeah. it took minutes for everybody to kind of take in what exactly is happening because it was so foreign to what had been going on for decades. Definitely the last time that I felt like I feel now was around the September 11th time frame. Right. So, okay. So, you find, so 45 seconds, Exercise Science Kentucky. You yeah. fucking figure out, like, we're under attack. How do you yeah. get to the Army? Um, I talk about joining ROTC, but I really liked playing rugby and being a shithead and doing that kind of thing. That's perfect for the Army. Like, that, you, what you just said is, I think, the first two questions on the Army application. <laughs> Are you a shithead? Yeah. Yes. Do you like rugby? Yes. Yeah. So I was doing that kind of thing, and um, so I didn't join. And then I graduated, and then I did personal training and worked at a bar for a year in Nashville. And uh, <laughs> like, like literally, like nothing that like being a college graduate should do that I thought. So I was like, well, fuck it, I'll just join the army. Wait, before and, we go, to, before we go to the army, yeah, what's like the worst? experience you had in personal training because i gotta think trying to train fat fucks in nashville's gotta be depressed like man. was there somebody like was what's the worst man let me tell you <laughs> i used to be a spinning instructor pause for laughter oh, <laughs> wait like a- were you wait wait when you would do spinning why listen you're talking to me. I feel like I'm talking to Huck Finn traveling down the way. You're telling me that in Tennessee, you were doing spin class instructing. Yeah, babe. Talk with about neon it. lights? Yeah, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about it. And, uh, and ele- electronic dance music? Like, you were like... No, no. Like, come I, on. No, no. Achy, breaky I, heart? Ache, that country? Is there country spin classes? Could you imagine that twang motivating people? Hang, come on, ladies. Up. Let's get it. Come on, Come on gal. Your saddlebag. Come on, your knees are hitting your saddlebags, girl. You got to tighten it up. That's fat leaving your body, girl. That's what you get for eating that many buttermilk biscuits. You got to take the gravy off the biscuits. There there was quite a bit of Usher. <laughs> uh, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, okay. But do you know what I finished with for like the cool down what? song? What? Um, what's that song where he's like, Take me, and then he's like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> you better end. end take uh, me end, to. End. Oh, you you know what you're thinking? Take, you're think no, you're thinking. Let me take you guys me. Blo- take me no, to the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. You know what that is? What that is, is that is the Scorpions, and yep. that is Winds Winds of Change. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That's not funny, Wyatt. That's a great fucking song. And I dare anyone to say it's a song, right? That's a good cool down song, right? Uh, yeah, I do that. I to you know you want to laugh, Wyatt? To me, that's not even a cool down song. That's a power up song. Like when I hear that song, I want to like you know fight the man. I want to find people and congregate and like overthrow fucking whatever. I love that song. That song has a lot of meaning. It so, okay, that's up. great. It, it, it absolutely it, would. It it really amps you up more than it does me. Right, it, of course. It's a great downshift for me. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like that's a good post-come song for me. 
Right. No, that's that's Post that's my song. that's my uh foreplay song. Like right before foreplay, right before yeah. I go in and, and yeah. you know, take my time and do the business yeah. on the nips and down below. So yeah. you you <laughs> you end up putting putting <laughs> army. <laughs> you know what I just said. Listen, uh, those who know know. So you end up putting arm the army, the enlisting on hold for a year. Um so basically what had happened was I tried to adjust to like adult life out out of college and it didn't feel quite cool yet you know uh i didn't like the problems that i had and i always tried to pick my job or career or my life like i feel like you can summarize up somebody pretty well by their problems right and i didn't like my problems being like a bartender or a fucking personal trainer in nashville you wanted some real problems i wanted some like I wanted my pain to be like legitimate. Right, right, right. <laughs> now so, let me just ask you. Let me just ask you something before we go any further. When you decide to enlist in the army, is there a very clear understanding that you're enlisting into the army to go see action? Like, are you like, oh, I'm going to enlist in the army. I may be a cook. I may be, or is it? I'm going into the army because I want to be in a firefight. I'm so happy is, you asked because I'm going to give you the perfect motherfucking answer. Please. All right. So, this is what happened one time when I went to the recruiter station. Uh, I had already had a bachelor's degree. And um, this recruiter has his back to me and he's typing. And he said, so you have a bachelor's degree. Do you want to be a lieutenant or do you want to be a specialist? And he started typing. And then my corn pone country ass said, I want to be hardcore. And that motherfucker start, stopped typing and deleted some shit and said, "Cool, you'll be a specialist." And right that, on. and then that's how I became a fucking straight leg grunt <laughs> instead of a motherfucking officer. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> what do you think of that, Juan? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like Dan- listening to Danny I'm listening- Salazar. Go ahead and give him the summary of how stupid that was while I go Listen, get another beer. Being please. being an officer is like, all right, that's like choosing to be a manager or to be the guy, the gopher, pretty much. So he chose to be the gopher instead of the manager. He chose to be the bus boy instead of the manager. Yeah. Yeah, but like the thing that's weird about it is, <clears throat> is he said that he wants to be hardcore, and so the guy was like, "All right, you're gonna be the servant. You're gonna fucking run around, and you're not gonna be an officer." And you know what? But he just got done saying that he was kind of tired. He had an easy time. I mean, when you're spin cycling and serving beer in Tennessee and you're you're downshifting to winds of change by the Scorpion, you don't really have any problems. Those aren't problems. He wanted legitimate problems. He wanted legitimate problems. So he walked into the recruiter and said, (laughs) Boy, did you get him, huh? Yeah, he got him all right. God damn. You wanted wanted to live life? With some fucking fire under his ass. Ask and ye shall receive. <laughs> yeah. Right? Pretty much he, on that one. Well, he would have had he would have had a nice little career cakewalk if he had done the lieutenant thing. <laughs> he already did. Yeah, he and was he already like cakewalking and didn't like it at all. He wanted uh, to be down in the trenches with the real grunt. As they would say, 
He wanted to be down with the homies. Right. He wanted to get he wanted to get his hands dirty. He wanted to get in the hood. He wanted some credibility. He, he wanted to be from the neighborhood. He was tired of fucking around. He was ready to get hungry and lean and He mean. was star he was tired of doing shoplifting gigs. He wanted to be from a neighborhood. Listen, I was kind of curious as to like at what point was he like, you know what? I made a mistake. Fuck this. Did he come back from his beer? You know what I think? I wonder if the beer one was to the refrigerator or to the liquor store. No, no. You know no. what? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, country, yes. maybe he wanted to give himself problems that would equate to his drinking level. Like maybe his drinking level was already advanced to a, a master's degree. And he's like, I'm not, I'm drinking like I have crazy problems. And, and that's going to be a, a, that's a signal of some kind of, you know, imbalance of some sort. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get some real problems that are going to match my advanced degree in drinking. Maybe the, bo- that- the body had outgrown the mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why it? So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, you're, so you went from spin class to boot camp. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Now in boot camp. You could have come with something better than that, Juman. What? You went from spin class to. To what? I don't know, spinning revolvers, something. I was also, like, for what it's worth, I was also doing security at a bar in Nashville, if that matters at all. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't, doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. I didn't think so. Take that out. (laughs) No, so, okay, so what happens at boot camp, dude? Like, so, okay, so so you say I want to be hardcore. The guy typings, like, we got a live one. All right, I'm going to send you down to the galley and you can row with the other dumb motherfuckers. Do they send you to Mississippi or where's the boot camp? Uh, boot camp for all the types of people like me and Danny is uh, is uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. 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 Oh, yeah. Georgia on my mind. Okay. Okay. So you go to Georgia, right? And uh, But you're an exercise guy, so I got to imagine boot camp was pretty easy for you, right? Um, everybody likes their own kind of exercise. Uh, I really stress push-ups. I was fucking them up on push-ups and even pull-ups. Uh, I was okay at running. Uh, I, I, I was weak in sit-ups. Uh, uh-huh. and that, and, uh, that's where I had to get strong in, in boot camp. Like, eventually I maxed it out, but, like, that's, that's still a pretty low standard. How were you at bed-making? Bunk-making? Bed-making? Uh, mm-hmm. I only got everybody fucked up maybe once or twice. and what about uh taking apart your weapon and cleaning it and putting it back together were you super fast well i'm from kentucky so i've always been good oh Oh, good with the artillery right how about a spit shine boy was you able to spit shine your boots pretty good yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right did they give you did they give you any fucking name in boot camp like private joker or fucking whatever they did. They did. What was, it? Shit. What was I, it? I hadn't thought of it in years. Uh, <clears throat> Damn, I'm about to learn some shit about you, White. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we kill uh, people to show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they they uh, call me Gunslinger. <laughs> gunslinger. gunslinger. Yeah. Hey, now that now that's, that's a, a good that's name. A, hey, bro, uh, yeah. you got to be a cold ass cat to have I a name it. like Gunslinger. <laughs> that's like Gunner, Shooter. Yeah, why they call you Gunslinger? Because yeah. what, what was that? Like, did you have a huge dick and they throw? Like, hey, that looks like a Colt forty five. What yeah, was yeah. it? Of course, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay no. with that story right yeah, there. Huh? How yeah. did you know? That's way better than the truth. <laughs> yeah, what was the truth? 
Uh, just my last name's White, and everybody thinks of White or uh, right, right, right. I yeah. even I driving on the way over here, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna ask about Wyatt Earp and Tombstone yeah. and all that. Bullshit. Do you know what one of the best things about all that shit was? Was mm. it was um honestly like, and this is something I don't tell like shit. I'm I guess I'm telling everybody now. Um, yeah. Um, it was actually really cool to be called Doc Wyatt. Uh. Whenever oh, yeah. I was uh, deployed with Danny and them, because that um, is that is that's an amazing because like, like Steve, do you understand why that's funny or why that's interesting? Doc Wyatt that was Doc Wyatt Wyatt Earp. So there's Wyatt Earp and Wyatt Earp's best friend was Doc Holiday. Doc Holiday, right? Two so, different people, right? But in this medic that we're talking to right now, because he was a doc and his name was Wyatt, Wyatt he was both doc those guys in the same person. That's kind of cool. That is cool. I know that Chumahan might have been thinking, "Oh, Wyatt, this and Wyatt, I'm not gonna." But I think that the name Wyatt is a badass name, bro. And if I wouldn't want to go in the army with no other name than Wyatt. <laughs> You know what? You're right. I would think that in Georgia, being white, playing football, you don't tell them about the, the great spin white clap. hope. Yeah, don't tell them about the spin <laughs> class. But, but everything yeah. else, right? And your name is Wyatt? <laughs> Shit, that's off. They might have just promoted you to officer based on that. That's royalty. God damn. Wyatt? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So what? what's the craziest thing? Because everybody that watches movies about the army and stuff, they did, did you have to stand in a line? Did somebody yell in your face? Did Lewis Gossett Jr. come down yeah. and fucking be like, I've seen, I didn't know they stacked that shit this so high. high. Yeah, yeah, all that shit. Steers and queers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Did they do that to you or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the, <laughs> and and it's weird how much you build it up in your head, and it's weird how much they don't do shit for like the longest time and just like stare at you, just just like leave like nothing to be said, but just like like a quarter of an inch away from your fucking face, just like like right fucking there, breathing hard and motherfucker, like and nobody said a fucking word, and nobody said anything, and I'm only talking about the first few minutes of the fucking whole process. Like that motherfucker rolling off of you just like and just like and then he just fucking shoulder checks you and then moves on to the guy behind you and then like just moves right down the fucking line just and there's like fifteen, twenty of them. And it's just like it, it's just like sharks in the fucking water, man. And that's and, part of the and, psychological and, whole trip. And, and and that's the first fifteen minutes of boot camp. Like right, that, you just got there. Like I haven't done shit, and then just <laughs> now I'm like, God damn! Like, what do I do? Do I say something really loud, like doing the movies, or what the fuck <laughs> do they want from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, or like push-ups, right? I've been practicing push-ups and fuck, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> just ask me. Just, just waiting for them to itching for them to tell you to do a push-up. You know what? Yeah. You got to imagine that by now, after all the movies and all the fucking reality shows, that the the drill sergeants are like. You know, they got to do something different. Like they can't, they can't come out and do the same old shtick because these guys are prepared for it. Guys like Wyatt, wise asses are sitting there thinking to themselves like whatever. So this, I this was one, gotten deep shit for laughing. Oh, right. That they said the funniest shit in the world. The funniest <laughs> shit. Like, oh shit, Wyatt looks like he wants to suck my dick in the movie theater. Because <laughs> that's what the fuck, that's what the fuck happens laughing. when I go to the movies, bitch. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like and how that. are you not supposed to laugh at that? 
oh shit, Wyatt thinks it's funny that he's sucking my dick. He's a homosexual. <laughs> like, God damn. And you just yeah. hear that damn. shit. And then, yeah. Like, Wyatt looks like he wants to suck my dick in a movie theater. You know I love cra- that, bro. You know and, what's crazy? You know what's crazy about the, like, in the movies and the army and shit? Like, everything that they say, it's mean, but it's also funny. Like, you know, I don't know what I've been told, but Eskimo pussy's really cold. Like, I don't see how you don't laugh at shit like that. Yeah, I'm going to crawl up your ass so deep, boy, and all this stuff. Right. Like, this Do you like me or my friend? Maybe I'll let you come over and fuck my sister. You know, and you're like, what? I don't know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> and it all kind of has like a little my bit of part, a homosexual little ever, tint to always. it. The best shit I, ever was from uh, Full Metal Jacket whenever they got... Arlie Ermey was that? Yeah, name? yeah, like yeah. Like, yeah. like that dude was actually a real drill sergeant in, right. in the fucking Marine Corps, and that shit. I love that fucking phrase when he says, "You climb obstacles like old people fuck." Yeah. <laughs> My favorite in that movie, in Full Metal Jacket, uh, is Vince D'Onofrio's character, the fat guy. And they do that locker box inspection and fucking the drill sergeant flips over in the locker box and there's a jelly donut on there and he goes, holy shit, what is that? A jelly donut, sir. A what? A jelly donut, sir. Well, how the fuck did it get here? <laughs> I love that, dude. That's like the best. Um, all right. So how long were you in boot camp, Wyatt? Same as Danny. Uh, we do 14 weeks. Everybody else does like seven weeks of basic training and then seven weeks of AIT. Uh, technically, that's what they do in boot camp, but you don't get clued in to it's any different. It just always sucks. So at this point, uh, at this point, you and Danny haven't even met yet. You're still just kind of going through the process. Danny, are you over in Iraq by now? Um, what year was that? Uh, that was 2004. Yeah, I was in Iraq. Probably. Uh, about oh, then. so you were already a veteran of the war, Danny. Uh, I was over there at that time. Yeah, he's already over there. Okay, so then Wyatt, how long after boot camp do they ship your ass out to Iraq? Well, I had signed up for some like advanced training and shit like that. Right. So yeah, how do they determine that you're a medic guy? Like, how does that get? To, do they give you like a weird like SAT, and they just determine like based on your answers, you probably be really good at stopping blood on the battlefield? Like, how do they determine that? Uh, they picked me for medic based off of one my preference. Two, okay. uh, I already had a degree in body minded kind of things, you know. <laughs> So basically, you had a degree in PE, and they're like, you know what? He could be a doctor. He, he knows where the blood's rushing to. Right. Listen, yeah. he he fucking yeah. he did squats. He knows what to do. He did you did he tell you about the spin class in Tennessee? Fuck, we'll send this guy over to do tourniquets. <laughs> yeah, like, that's exactly what they said. Uh, <laughs> um, and so that happened. And then uh, I also haggled with him uh, about things I wanted whenever I signed up. So I got like to go what? on this. Uh, I I just got to do some specialized training stuff. Man, it sounds like somebody was scratching their balls. What was that? I, I was scratching sounds my a little head. Black ops. Right. Sounds <laughs> a little black ops. You did some special training. No, you that. <laughs> no so, I just got some longer training. Uh, right. So I went from airborne. Uh, I went from uh, 
basic training to airborne school to right. uh JSOC to JSOMC and then from JSOMC it was then 2006 so I had trained for quite a while right like 2 years of training uh yeah yeah 2 years of training and I got some, some serious intense training too and when you say airborne does that mean airborne rangers or just airborne so our listeners understand uh i i was not an airborne ranger no uh right. i'm uh um i'm airborne qualified so you can jump out of planes yeah i can fall with the best of them yeah, yeah. you ain't got to worry about shit man just either it works out or it doesn't right uh, and then um so that happened and then in uh 2006 7 uh I kind of changed some plans a little bit in the military, and then I got shipped over to where Danny is. Right. And now, then- by by the time, wait a second, wait a second. So <clears throat> when do you, so at this point in time, you go through all this rigorous training, you're fucking getting thrown out of airplanes, J sock, J sump, J stump, whatever. Then, right? Are you sitting there thinking to yourself like, "Fuck, I joined the army to be hardcore, and nothing's really going on. It's time for me to fucking get savage." No, I wanted to train hard. Uh, like, like uh, honestly, I had really, 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 really good training. Um, right. Honestly, like they trained me harder than I would ever have to fight. So uh, I'm very happy in the amount of training that I had. Right. Um, so in a, I so feel like I so... had more more PTSD from my actual instructors than I ever got from the enemy. The what enemy, was the I... hardest? What was the hardest training you had to do, man? Um, well, I had to do medical training that was intense and, like, unique. Um, In what way? Like, did you like, have to, like, yeah. I do, like, live tissue lab stuff with, like, uh, animals and stuff. Oh, man. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. What I think you're saying is, is that there was training that you had to do on live animals and that was actually kind of traumatic right is that what you're saying no it didn't hurt my feelings at all if, if like, <laughs> like like get like, clear on that like Juman. like oh, like, like, like <laughs> if you think i'm coming off like a bitch you got the wrong dude <laughs> hey listen uh, by the no, way no. by the way hey why by the way i don't think it's a bitch thing to feel bad for an innocent animal that you're fucking with if, if it's just like no no, I mean, like, I don't relish in the idea of it. Like, I don't. And honestly, right. the animals that helped me train have yeah. served this country better than many humans have. Sure, uh, way better so than like, any banker. Uh, like, have by sure committed a bigger um, sacrifice. Right. Um, what animals? What kind of animals? Are we talking, like, chimps? Goats. 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 Yeah. All right. Goats are yeah. always... You know what? Goats are always the go-to. It's like, if, whether you're... You know what I mean? Some pagan religion or Satanist or just training in medicine in the army. It's like they turn to a goat. <laughs> they always pick Why a goat. Why is that? I don't, know. Goat? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So you had some intense training. They stink. Go ahead. They stink. I can't say? fuck with goat cheese or nothing. Uh, they definitely stink. Yeah. Like, I think I some of it. it. Yeah. But yeah. Did, did shit like that. I, re- I did some advanced uh, field problem stuff. He's Danny, done a lot of training. Training. He's, 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 he's being vague. Problems, he did yeah, the, he is being vague. He did a bunch of special forces training. Like what? 
Like like wearing like a fucking one of those. What do they call those suits that got like that looks like you're part of a bush? A, what is that suit called? A fucking uh, ghillie suit. Ghillie, ghillie, ghillie suit. suit. Yeah. Did you have to wear a ghillie suit, Wyatt? I've never worn a ghillie suit. <laughs> so what live field shit? Field Come on, problem? tell us the real. Did he say shit. field problem? Yeah, he said he had advanced field training, which means like he learned how to like I don't know what rip the heart out of like a fifty year old man. Sometimes you gotta butter because <clears throat> sometimes the training is like all right, here's the animal, and it's fucked up. Now you got to keep it alive for the next seventy two hours, but it's on Did the you verge have to of do dying. That? Did you have to do that, Wyatt? Yeah, this is like a. Oh, that's interesting. Do you get that? So, so basically, they dropped a fucking goat that was like losing blood, and they gave, and they were like, "Why you gotta keep this thing alive for the next seventy-two hours?" Did I never made it ever... to the uh, seventy-two hour mark. I made it to the keep it alive for like twelve, five hours a mark. But uh, yeah, and I never. Let's be real. Uh, let's let's cut the again. shit, Wyatt. Let's just cut the fucking shit. Did you ever give CPR to a goat? Yeah. Hell yeah, you did. I love that. We're not talking about any of the chicks you mess with, Wyatt. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you uh, about the other stuff that happened with the goat. I'm just going to leave that alone. I, okay. you know, that's between you and the goat. She's, thank you. She's She's precious to me. Of course she is. Of course she is. So now, <clears throat> and she'll eat anything. Now, uh... So, okay, so you go through all that, and then what happens? How do you get to Iraq? Um, so I do all that, and then uh, I find myself needs of the Army, so I go to, um, I uh, get shipped out as an 11 Bravo, like like what Danny is. Right. Um, but um, I'm also trained up as a Special Forces medic. Right. So, um my um when i get over to iraq i have a cool sergeant major that uh, is a ranger sergeant major and this is the kind of people that get medics like me and uh he knew what he had in me so um i told him i wanted to go to um I told him I wanted to go to some kind of reconnaissance like i wanted to be badass right like i wanted to do cool guys right shit. Right. And uh, he's like, well, if everything goes right, they don't ever see any action. Uh, but I do have a unit that's seeing a lot of action, and that was Danny's unit. Right. And that's where I came into meeting Danny. Right on. Okay, so let me ask you this. What does a medic, a special forces medic, what do you, what's, what do you carry with you? you know, give us some of the equipment that you have to carry with you. Um, I would carry a lot of gauze, a whole right. lot of gauze. I would carry right. tourniquets. I would carry quick cot, quick clot, cell right. I would carry, um, flushes to irrigate wounds. Right. I would carry surgicel, a uh, little cotting factors. I would carry a little bit of ace wrap. I would carry, um... Wound suction. Uh, morphine isn't as important as what you might imagine. Um, you hear that? That's that, that's the voice of experience right there. 
he's um, like he's in the action he's like dude yeah but when you're it's not as important when you're in the heat of battle and everyone's uh adrenaline's super high and all this other shit he's like you, you that's for when you're about to pull into the hospital and you're like all right do you want to feel a little bit better at the hospital uh, <laughs> okay. exactly, exactly. Yeah. that's interesting yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question. Did they give you like shots of adrenaline and stuff like that too, in case there was anything or you didn't need that? Um, I had worked for units that would offer you like Adderall. No shit. Yeah. If, if the commander ordered it, but you'd have to be on like a 24 hour operation. Right. Because at some point you need something if you're going to be working for the full 24 hours. And you not only you got to be working, but you got to be alert and you got to be able to work fast. Shit. Right. Oh, shit, though. Because there's what been plenty mean? of times where we've been out there, and yeah. we've, but we've been out there and this shit lasted us fucking days. Huh, what? Yeah, well, like, hang on. <laughs> Wait like, a minute. Were <laughs> you guys breaking into the Adderall and just fucking <laughs> using it on regular or what? Tell us about but, that. We didn't have like, it. We just went like, off our own shit. I'm talking about wasn't the unit I was with Danny with and right. it was um it was a fancy unit that if the fancy commander wanted to do some fancy shit he could get us on drugs. Um right. be, being with Danny being Dude, with you Danny, just blew by the way, Wyatt, you just blew Steve's mind. Steve's like, Wow, did you hear that? <laughs> but being with Danny is more like we're gonna do what the fuck we wanna do when the fuck we wanna do it and if we got something that has us up then we go up. Being like Danny was already like being on drugs all the time. Right. Danny said, like, fuck that. We've been up six six days straight. We didn't have anything but our own adrenaline and a little bit of fucking desert sand. Dude, I'm Danny telling you. Like, that sh- fuck. That shit was crazy. Sometimes we'd be out there for so long, they'd have to drop ammo to us. We'd be fucking out there and we'd be fucking so tired, but you're really thinking like somebody's about to kill me or some shit's gonna pop off, so you just can't even fathom to think okay i'm gonna go to sleep fear is a great motivator fear is a fantastic motivator right so what's the craziest wound you've had to dress up out in the field then in in the in the theater what's the craziest one we've done some crazy shit what huh there was some guy that we did this fucking that was that chest tube with the spring and the needles yeah yeah, a trach- a trachea Where you fucking? Did you do a trach? You did a trach? Yeah, did that. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything? Is there anything Wyatt that blows you? That that you're like, you know what? That was crazy. I his heart fell out. I wiped it off on my pants and put it back into his chest. Is there anything that for you that's seen everything? Was there anything for you that was like, yeah, that was intense? I tell you one of the things from war that like. Like it's like it 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 like it may seem small, but it was big to me. Yeah. Um. I knew a guy that blew up one time, and the shell hit him so hard, like on the feet, that like it took the skin off of his sh- uh in entire like everything from the knee down, like long socks. Oh. Uh. And. And, and and like it pulled it like off so clean, like there was just like just skin gone and just all the muscle like it was down to like the complete bone instantly. And like what was weird is like his toenails clung to his toes, but his skin didn't. 
God damn. And like I remember thinking that's fucked up. And then uh, and then I got shot at and I had to duck into this spot. And when I did, I landed on his sock. And by that I mean like his 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 entire like his skin. His skin. And I threw it in my pocket so I could put it in his casket later on. God damn. You now, ain't never gonna think ha- about fall off the bone ribs the same, huh? <laughs> no, no, never again, never again. Like Do anytime you... I see like meat come off bone, like I think of it. Does it <laughs> does it stop you from from eating, or you just shrug and eat anyway? No, I just eat anyway. Like you can't stop. <laughs> like like you can't fucking stop. Like like you can think all the crazy shit in the world, but you're not allowed to let it affect your life. <laughs> Right, <clears throat> right. Uh, uh, fear's a great motivator. Hunger's a great motivator too. Eventually, you get to. Let me ask you a question though. Like, does your view of human life change when you have that kind of mechanical understanding of how the body works? Do you, do, do you feel like I'm not talking about war necessarily, but I am talking about the idea that you've seen the mechanics of the body up close. Does that change how you view humanity or human life? I guess the best thing I could just say is yes. That's interesting. So certain things that other people like, let's say, take for granted or think are a big deal from your perspective, you're like, actually, that's not really that big a deal considering what the body is and and the fact that we all die. I mean, no one's not going to make it out of this thing alive. If you have anybody that's very based in like the medical world or just life and death, then I can see eye to eye eye with them. Right. Right. And so how long were you with Danny? Like how long were you running around with Danny? So they, uh, I got there around, I think maybe January or February, 2007. Yeah. Um, they were. They told me I was reporting on the Sergeant Salazar. Um, yeah. The uh, big question was was I was going to be an infantryman or was I was going to be a medic. Um, I I had already met the medical sergeant after I met the first sergeant, and Danny should also tell you about the first sergeant, uh, first sergeant Maddie. I think he talked about him a little bit last time. Yeah. Um. But um. They put me in charge of his company and it became very obvious to me I was with the best company. Um, What's the signs uh, of the best company? Um, well, the first thing he did was he took all, all the new recruits and, uh, he put us all in the line and he said, just start telling your story and I'll tell you when you're done. I made it as far as like telling them that I played rugby in, uh, college and then he's like okay cool i know where you're going and then somebody else said something else and he's like okay cool like i know where you're going like you stop and he just took us down the line and like told us um so i was like okay like this guy's placing this based off of his impression of us like i like that more than like here's his file kind of shit. right not on paper but like in the actual experience Yeah. yeah and then um so that happened, and then uh, they told me that nobody had received more fire than Alpha Company. Uh, so I took that as a good right. sign too. Um, Wait, why is that a good sign? Because you're not. Um, 
<laughs> like you're going to be in the heat of it, you know? He, want, he wants to see action. Right. Okay. Well, like, I'm, I'm not going to be mean, in the I'm, puss company. I, like, I'm not going to be in the puss company, like, for sure. Right. You're not going to be in the company that's, like, keeping the warehouse clean. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, I will say, like, by the end of our deployment, I feel like it kind of changed over to Charlie Company. Uh, and they started getting really good and fucked up. Um, but um, I'm not saying it's a good thing. What I'm saying is, like, that's a sign of, like, you're engaging the enemy. Right, so they're tested. They 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 have some right. skills, obviously, because they're engaging the enemy. So, Danny, so where did you come up with, who did you learn that from somebody, the idea of, like, how did you come to the process of, I'm not going to really rely too heavily on the file. I want to hear these guys' story, and that's going to give me a better picture of where I can place them. Um, <clears throat> I just like to see, cause it's weird. Cause when you get to Iraq, like motherfuckers will talk. And then when they get there, they're a whole different person, you know? Right. Yeah. So like you have to like, you talking to people tells you, you could, you could, I'm really good at like reading people. So like, if I'm looking at you and I'm talking to you, I'm watching your body. I'm watching the word. I pay attention to the words you choose because certain right. words are going to, make me already realize what your mindset is like oh he's worried or he's just acting or you know what i mean like you could see yeah. that stuff you could pick it up like luck knows what i'm talking about especially yeah, when you're exactly. in the streets like you you watch motherfuckers you know what i mean that's Mannerisms, what, so what their job. eyes are doing yeah Man, if motherfuckers feet stuff. start shuffling around oh they're nervous yeah yeah so right if they can't look you in the eye they're lying yeah so Steve, so Steve, you you do that? Like, I mean, I know you size people up, but what factors are you looking at when you're sizing people up, or is it just an overall impression? I'd say exact same thing of what he's talking about, man. It is like at least when it's coming down to like your life's on the line, yeah, with this motherfucker, right? Uh, then you're looking at yeah, bro, the way somebody carries themselves, like, like you're you, they're gonna tell you everything about themselves if you just watch, right? Yep. You know, exactly. You can't look me in the eye. You're stuttering. You, you're either trying to impress me. You're creating a story because you're trying to convince me, right. or you're just being because that honesty is really not that colorful. When somebody's just honest, it's real like deadpan. You know, right. does that make sense? It makes sense to me as an attorney. I spend a lot of time gauging, especially in like depositions. Or cross examinations. I spend a lot of time engaging, even when a client first walks in and tells me their story, right? And like I'm already examining, just like what Danny's saying, like what's the word choice? What are they repeating a lot? What are they repeating? What's the pausing? How long are they pausing for? Like, what do they think is important? And these are all things that like the police officers, your average police officers, trained to do right. when he pulls you over, right? to hear your story if you fumble the ball you know detectives like that yeah they're all kind of trained so exactly what danny's talking about is uh you know and they're probably not expecting it those guys like like wyatt they weren't expecting that to happen you know right oh i'm gonna get handpicked out where i'm going based on what i say right now right so you're catching them off guard and you're probably getting more of the truth than 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 right wouldn't you agree yeah for sure danny? yeah especially yeah. like Dude, and, like, being in the military and the Army, like, you learn, like, to, you meet people from all over the United States. So you're dealing with multiple personalities and, like, different things. Like, 
people didn't come from the same place we come from. You know what I mean? So you got to see that there's also the same aspect and way that we live over here that they have over there. It's just different. It's just a little different. You know what I mean? I like the way you too, you like, like the way Wyatt described it. You just said, start telling your story right away, bro. One thing you're going to be able to pick off is somebody, if they're quick on their feet or not, because you ask somebody to tell their story and they, they start getting all stuck and like, they don't even know how to speak. Then you're like, oh, man, hold on, man. This dude, like, he's already falling apart on me. He already <laughs> doesn't have, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that tells a lot about somebody's confidence. They're, you get, so I would just think, just sit back and just listen to them. They're going to tell you everything about themselves in a matter of five minutes. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting, too, because he's older than me. You know what I mean? So when somebody's older than you and they're coming to work for you and you're younger, you know what I mean? Sometimes that. I ain't a lot older than you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but he said that quite a few times. I remember in our last interview, he talked about Wyatt, how you were older than him. He's like, I, I got my five senior. years on this motherfucker. I got five years. You telling me that all the motherfuckers that be in and be over aged and out and not outranking people, they don't act different. I've seen motherfuckers that are like in their fifties and barely the same rank as me and been in the fucking military for like 15 years. (laughs) So of course there's going to be, I understand though what you're saying, Danny, the way you have to pick and choose your words and your actions with somebody that's older. You're talking to somebody that's a little bit senior of you. Yeah. And it was, and it was in a, I was in a C like if he was going to take to me or not, you know what I mean? Cause if he was going to be open to it or not. Right. Yeah, because younger man. Because we're out in the middle of some shit, and I don't want to have to be worrying about fucking having to deal with somebody's attitude while we're fucking somebody's ego, somebody's yeah. ego or something, right? Yeah, right, exactly. I would just imagine that when we're talking about stuff like the guys telling their story, and you're looking at this and you're looking at that. I mean, yeah, whatever experience I have from the street or the joint is one thing, but this is like you guys are in the heat of battle. This is life or death. Like this, if the person you choose to stand next to you doesn't have their shit completely wrapped tightly and in the same mind frame as you, they're probably gonna get you killed. Can I and tell you, you something this. real quick? Can I tell you something yeah. real quick? Yeah. Like, like yeah. let me holler at you. Let me holler. Like, like you're so right. You're so right. Like that's that's a hundred percent true. It's the heat of battle, stuff like that. But like, there's okay. There's this thing they push in the army. Do you want to be a man of action or do you want to be a man of words? And let me tell you, I'm a chatty Cathy little bitch. I love fucking talking. <laughs> I yeah. love fucking holler. I love fucking talking, tell a good story. It's the shit. You fucking people love it. I fucking love it. Everybody fucking benefits. It's symbiosis at its motherfucking best. Having said that. The army told me there's men of action and there's men of words. And when I tell a good story, I feel a little bit bad automatically. Because, like, you could talk about it, you could be about it. You could go out and fucking do the Lord's work and fucking the nation's business. Or you could fucking sit here and hoot and holler and fucking talk all this bullshit. Um, yeah, but hold on. That's, that's, me, that's, hold, that's. Hold. That's Hold that's on. something that I live like like, Hold but it's on, but it's in me to holler at it, like a big story, but I often hold back, going just like, God damn, like, 
Now, don't tell on. him everything. Don't tell him everything. Don't tell <laughs> no, him everything. Shit gets crazy if you tell him everything. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, listen, Wyatt. Listen. First of all, <clears throat> it's true what you're saying, okay? Like, I agree with up to a point, which is to say, you can talk a big one or you could actually go out there and do something, right? And the Army's going to tell you that, right? Man of words, man of action. Boy, Army, that's a good fucking slogan. But it's a false dilemma, a false dilemma that's not the real that's not actually the choice that's what they're going to tell people that they need to do things right man of words man of action right and there's a time for action and there's a time for words but everybody really is both and sometimes you know when we talk about this and you say i tell a good story and i feel bad and i hold back i'm going to tell you right now i don't really know you that well i'm just meeting you on here so i don't mean any disrespect but why i don't want you to hold back on your stories in fact you're doing a disservice if you do you should tell the fucking story because yes we all know bullshitters that when you go behind the thing there's nothing there okay fine whatever who the fuck gives a shit about that that ain't you that ain't you that ain't danny Maybe in certain parts of your life that might be true because we're all human. So fuck it. But the truth is, it's the people of words that are making the decisions for the army at the very, very top. The thing that's really fucked up, and I think about it on a regular basis, is that it's politicians. <laughs> you know, in the, however you feel about Trump, like whatever. I'm not even going to go there. How, let's just say presidents. Whatever president, right? Most of the presidents didn't even do any time in any war. And they're the ones that are telling you what to do, where to go. Men of words, women of words, transgender of words, those are the ones that are the politicians that make the policies in the United States that wind up sending Danny and Wyatt to certain areas in the world to risk their life where you guys got to make certain decisions. And that's why I'm saying to a certain extent, Wyatt, you are a man of action if you allow yourself to tell the full word, whatever your word is. Because I actually, I've already learned a couple of new things here talking to Wyatt and Danny right here. And I think it's important not to minimize or oversimplify what a good story, especially when it's based on experience, can do. Well, Does I'm so happy. Sense? Well, I'm so, 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 so happy you said all that because it leads me to my next point. <laughs> do it pause for laughter <laughs> alright um, yeah like what happens at like the front end of all this fucking army shit is you get brainwashed and you uh, buy wholeheartedly into some things and you fucking learn some tactics right. or you get actually become the victim of some tactics right and then if you're me and you're lucky enough, you get to go to something called Seer School. Have you ever heard of Seer School? No. How do you spell Seer? Uh, I guess most people call it survival. It yeah. Survival, evasion, resistance, and escape. So I think it's S E R E. Right. It's an acronym. Okay. Right. So you go there and then you learn um, different ways people will try to make impressions upon you and then you 
can actually even see the way that people have made oppression upon you in the past. That's interesting. And so that's that's a thing that like I'm glad I went through. Like your school you, is a is the best school you ever go through that you never want to go through again ever 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 ever. Let me ask you a question. Can you can you specifics? I mean, if you want to change the name or you just want to say, can you g- explain how <clears throat> what you learned in terms of impressions in Sear School, and then you looked back in your life and you're like, shit, that's break what down was. break down Sear School for him real fast so he could comprehend exactly what you go through. All right. Well, S means survival. Okay, so okay. you get to find out what it's like to live on the land. Uh, they show you plants that operate within a certain meridian, and how to make shelter, and how to make weapons, and how to um, just survive in austere environments. Right. Uh, e- and then evasion is people are pursuing you and then how do you get away uh like an example of that is um if you ever have a dog chasing you um like hounds bloodhounds whatever um like you'll never beat the dog there's no way you can ever 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 beat the dog but you can run the dog handler through such a rough environment that he gives up that's like that kind of shit. So right. like little shit like that, and then more other less. Uh, but there's no way to there's no way to throw a hound dog off your scent for real. You can try, you like can a try. river, maybe. Like you can make things better, or worse. You can do this, you can do that. But like ultimately, like if it's a really good dog, it'll just yeah. stick to you. But if you just run it through moat after moat and then marsh after marsh, and then uphills and downhills, like eventually the dog handler is going to be like, fuck this. So basically you just got to be a cardio stud. <laughs> right, okay, got it. Yeah. You don't have to be the fastest, you just can't be the slowest. Well, right. you, you you for sure can't be the pussiest. Like, you can't <laughs> fucking, like, not just fucking be like, like, you have to be able to look at shit and go like, this looks like it fucking sucks. And then you go through that motherfucker, and then be like, like, you want the other dude to look at it and go, like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Turn the fuck around. Right, uh, right. Like, you're, trying to kill, you're trying to kill the will in the actual dog handler. Yeah, yeah. Got and it. then, like, resistance is just when you're getting beat up, and then you get beat up, and then you learn Do things. Do they beat and... you up? Do they beat you up? Do they put you in a chair and tie you up and whip you around a little bit? You ever seen G.I. Jane? Yeah. Kind of like that. Like, you know, right. that whole, like, Got her locked up, fucking with her. Everybody's getting beat up, kind of fucking. Music's thing. loud, fucking no turning off the lights. You don't know if it's day or night. Right, There's sensory deprivation. Babies crying on the speakers, yeah. and they come in and fuck with you every time you think you're fucking ready to go to sleep. Hey, but like guys, when you know it's a training, is it a little bit easier? Like, you know what I mean? Like when they're doing, like if you were caught by Iraqis and they were doing that and they were like, they had a battery, a car battery and they, they pulled your pants off and exposed your balls and were like clicking the things together and sparking, they're Iraqis and you're the enemy. You're like, these motherfuckers are going to probably do, do that. Right. But when I, you're in the training, do you can, kind of in the back of your mind like, ah, eventually this is going to end. Dude, I can tell you, I, I can tell you that I went 96 hours inside of a prison camp like based off of like special operations like command 
tactics, and it fucking sucked. Um, Having said that, I'm not a bitch. So, I mean, like, okay, cool. Like, fucking whatever. Right. uh, I mean, that, that backdrop is in your mind, but at the same time, you get slapped, you get beat up, you get fucking thrown around, you get fucking ripped naked and thrown on fucking cold rocks and sprayed water on. Uh, Damn. Yeah, it's it's a. So you still have to go through it. It, it. Yeah, in the back of your mind, like they can't kill me, but at the end of the day, you're still going through it. Yeah, they're breaking people left and, and right. It's going to bring you as you know high or as close you know what, as you can. The worst to that of it is, you know what the well, worst of it is? It's just mm. absolutely taking knees on shit. They make you take knees on every piece of gravel you come across. And it just <laughs> fucking hurts. Dude, it just hurts so fucking bad. Just both fucking knees. And then there for hours. God damn, I can't tell you just like, like fucking come over here and slap me, but stand me up. God damn, like fucking right. Uh, that makes that that absolutely makes total sense. So what's his, so what was so so what did the, that's resistance? Resistance. Okay. So then so there's another e. Uh, and and then there's escape. Uh, this is where you kind of plot on shit, but in truth, um, they wind up letting you out, and it's a big liberation. Everybody cries at the end. You think you ain't gonna cry, but you cry. Did you cry, Wyatt? I cried. I cried. Oh, yeah. Cried. Like, I was over here. Like, you know what pissed me off is I thought there was a liberation moment where I was like, we're going to get out of here. And I started crying. <laughs> and then, like, we didn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, were up, premature, you were premature <laughs> crying, huh? <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, laugh it up, laugh it up, Cox. Let me tell you, this fucking sucks. It sucks so fucking bad. It's like this is one of the worst times. I was like, oh my god, I really thought we was gonna walk the fuck out of here. God damn. Emotional premature ejaculation. Huh? He was I like, know, he put his hands up in a V, and he was like, "We're the champions." The tears, and they were like, knock his hands down and say, "Get back in there, boy. Get back on your knees on this gravel, motherfucker." And I zip my pants. Dude, it's only been an hour. <laughs> all right, so okay, so so okay, so then when you went through all that, though, what did you look back on your life and you're like, you know what, that was some bullshit, or that was an impression, or whatever. Um, what, what made big dents, that kind of thing? Well, when you first started talking about this, you kind of let off what you said. I go into SEER training and they kind of put me. Well, that was actually after I hung out with Danny. Like when I was with Danny, like there were so many things that happened. Um, I guess I first started happening and then. What are you talking about? Well, like when I first got with Danny's unit, um, I no, he's talking first... about Sears School, right? Yeah, no, I was cause... no, no. Well, like Sears School was after, like, but after I guess, Danny. Yeah, yes, but I guess. Bring okay, it back. so what I what I wanted to kind of understand because you kind of led to you what, what you what you said was this something to the effect of this. You said I went through a training where they put me through some kind of like illusions or presentation or whatever it was and it actually caused me to look back on my past and I realized that's what other people had been doing to me or that that somebody else was doing that to me I didn't know it at the time but now that I've been through this training I can see that and I kind of I want to know what that is what did you what what realization did you have little things like um part of brainwashing is minute like 
minuscule, it really doesn't matter tasks. Uh, Things like... um, Yes. In in the example of Sears School, you always slightly walk at a 45-degree angle kind of thing. Right. Um, But also in the Army, you also keep your boots dress right dress. So like what's the like, effect? What's the effect of that? And, and from your understanding, anyway, your your opinion, what's the effect of that? You do that, like just be be correct. I love that. So what you're saying essentially then is that sometimes the most effective uh, brainwashing is is these little rituals. Yeah, that they force you to do, and that somehow actually puts you in the mode of the mindset that that they want. All right. But they also talk about small victories in Sears School. And they talk about like how maybe you don't walk at 45 degrees. Maybe you put like a little hunch into fucking walking. And that's about it. Right. You know? You put a but little that's, cool. enough, that's enough to give you something to work with to keep going and not quit. They call that small victories. I like, love that. Like, I like fucking that's, love that. Like that's how you live through day to day. Like just, just a, the smallest of victory. Yeah, I love that. So then let's jump ahead for a second. So we got Danny's story. He told us his from his perspective, from his eye, uh, the, the day of the grenade. Uh, what you're hearing now is Steve coughing on some peanut, uh, peanut butter Want stuffed peanuts? pretzels. Peanuts? <laughs> peanut butter stuffed pretzels. He inhaled a hunk of salt. Coronavirus. <laughs> So did you so so from your perspective on the day of the grenade, uh can you tell us like what you saw and how you experienced it, Wyatt? Um You're jumping way too far ahead. All right. Then you you, you <laughs> like, set the pace. Like, you set like, the you set like, the pace then. Tell us what. Like to say that like that's a good place to start is so wrong. Like, uh, if, why is if you're going to talk Tell about me why that is like me knowing Danny is like me having faith in leadership. Um, and also very, very friendly. Um, Danny was the best like leader I had like with me ever. And I spent five years in the military and I say it now. Um, he made it personal, but he also was professional, you know? Right. Yeah. Um I think one of the first things that we should talk about with me and Danny isn't so yeah. much him getting fucked up, but him fucking people up. Um, yeah? What does that mean? I like uh, that. Um and I I'm pretty sure he talked about it. The, when, look, when Danny, he was with Danny y'all last was- time. He was pretty but, humble. What Danny told us was one story about ask, where he like Ask him about Easter. Ask him about Easter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? It's you know what? It's April. In a couple of weeks it is gonna be Easter. So Danny, in honor It's, a, it's an anniversary. And <laughs> in yeah, honor, yeah. yeah. Tell us about Easter. Let's hear about uh, Easter. All right, so you keep the, talking. I'm gonna grab another beer because you know I gotta it. have it. Do it. <laughs> So, All right, Danny, tell us about Easter. Tell us an Easter story that we can tell our kids. This is, so this is a story about when uh, we went out on patrol and Wyatt was with me. And fucking, uh, we go, 
and we're patrolling this mosque. The mosque is one of those hotspot mosques where we know some dirty shit's going on, but you can't go in the mosque unless something fucking happens in front of you and you see some shit going down, right? Right. So we go, and I we pull up right on the corner on the block, and I wait for the mosque to let out after prayer, right? And so I'm waiting to watch all the people come out of the mosque, and these right. two, like, teenage, like, 18, 19-year-old kids come walking out, and fucking they see me, and they're, like I tell you, I read people, so I've seen their feet, and they started doing the feet, like, when you see motherfuckers see the cops, and you know they're already guilty, they start ready to book it, and they're trying right. to keep it together, right. that was them. So their feet started shuffling. You could see their eyes. They were looking at each other like, fuck, do we run now? And I was like, all right, right let's go around the corner because they hit the, They started going the opposite direction on purpose when they saw us. So right. we bend around the corner, come back around the corner, and that's when I see them. I tell them, hey, go get the other guy because they see us come around. Now they split into two. So I get out of the truck, jump out the truck, hop out. And I yell at the other truck. I go, hey, go get that motherfucker. So I yell at the dude to stop. I yell, Araf. And he stops. But then he looks at me and then he keeps walking. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn around to see if they're getting the other dude. And when I start turning back around is when I see the dude's shoulders start dropping. Right? But he's what walking away. Mean? Like he's walking away from me. And I see yeah. his right shoulder drop, like he reaches down or something, right? right it wasn't like right. a norm. It wasn't a normal walking like movement. posture. It wasn't a right. normal movement. It was like completely something was. All right, I'm back. Up. Where we at? I was telling he's, him uh, how he's at he the started. hot mosque. He's 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 in the truck. Then he he sees two eighteen year olds. He notices from their feet that they're acting weird, they split up, he sends one one way, he goes the other, and, uh, and then he's telling the guy to stop. The guy, he he keeps walking, but he drops his shoulder in a weird way. Go ahead, Danny. Yeah, so he drops his shoulder, and he's walking away from me, and I see his right shoulder drop, but it looks so awkward. I was like, there's something wrong. Like, I'm already, like, on edge with this fool. So... As soon as I start turning around from yelling at them to grab the other guy, this guy has a pistol and he's turning around right at me. And we're like, what, 10 feet apart, what? Yeah, yeah. About 10 feet apart from each other. Now, hey, real fast, real fast. Like, if the story you told me is to believe correct, now you go and tell me if I'm true. You was actually walking up to him trying to fumble fuck with your fucking eye, eye pro, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so like you walking up, fucking fuck with your glasses, and you got your fucking M4 fucking military issue assault rifle, fucking kind of co- half-ass cockeyed, and this motherfucker drops his shoulder, and you fucking see it, and just throw them glasses to the side, and be like, fuck it, and just smoke that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey. so can you, hey, can you translate Wyatt? Translate what Wyatt just said to us. Put it into dude. Danny, Danny E's. Dude, this fucking dude... It was a shootout from 10 feet away, just us standing there and unloading on each other. Like high noon. Like what yeah. you see in the movies with two dudes just standing there facing each other. Oh, yeah. Like fucking not even like the road of a one-way street, not even all the way across the road. That's how close Holy we were. Holy fuck. And fucking you, I'm just, 
I just like pick up my rifle right away and fucking he starts unloading and I start unloading just face to face. And I fucking, the wall behind me, there's a wall behind me because I'm on the corner and it starts yeah. exploding. Like it, it's like some shit from Pulp Fiction. This is right, divine exactly. intervention. Right. When, that, so what you're referring to, because some of the people are kind of young, is when uh, uh, John Travolta and Sam Jackson go up to fuck up those young kids in the apartment and somebody comes out of a hidden room and with a gun, pistol, blasts at Sam Jackson. They and- play goddamn Quentin Tarantino in Kentucky. I've seen this shit. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and, and he doesn't get hit. So, Danny, how many shots do you think that dude got off on you that, and none of them hit you? Uh, I don't even know. I honestly don't know. I just was fucking just trying to kill him before he killed me. And it and was just did like. You, did you drop to a knee or anything, or you just lifted your rifle? Fuck no. I just lifted my rifle and just started shooting. Damn. And the best part about it was the the part that Wyatt loves the most about this whole story is yeah. he's like, Danny, you remember that time you crucified that motherfucker on Easter? Because <laughs> literally, I I shot the I shot the gun out of his hand. I yeah. shot him both through both of his hands. Yeah. Shot him in the stomach, and then this motherfucker perceived to run. Like, literally no. run down the street. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go get this motherfucker and finish and kill him. And yeah. fucking everybody and their mama is right behind me like, oh, I want to kill this guy, too. And everybody I'm like, lit him up. There was 240 Bravos <laughs> and all kinds of wild shit trying to kill this motherfucker. I almost God killed damn. me. I was like, fuck. Like, I was like, hey, stop fucking shooting, you fucking idiot. You're going to shoot me in the back. Danny <laughs> gave him the first 10 rounds tops. The other 150 rounds was coming from everybody else. They all wanted to join in after Danny tenderized the motherfucker. Dude, yeah. hey, you're, cr- you're tripping, though, because it's like this fucking adrenaline that this dude was on to make it that far and have all this happen. I yeah. fucking bust through the door of the house. He has some old lady and kid in front of him. I fucking, y'all ready to hear I'm, some shit? Y'all ready to hear some shit? Y'all, yeah. y'all ready to hear some shit that'll get you in trouble? Like, yeah. I ain't, like, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't supposed to say it in, like, soft-ass California, but I'll say it. Do it. All right. I used to say Iraqis have deer blood in them. Why is that? Because I don't know if you've ever shot a deer. It'll still run 500 yards. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to follow the blood trail. Yeah. Yeah. You know how, how many of my days in Iraq was spent following, like, shit, here it is. There you go. Do that. There you go. All right, Danny. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> so, so this dude was full of bullets and you're still chasing him yeah like literally Fuck. so i fucking get to him they fucking he's got them as human shields he's got a little girl right there i fucking i'm like fuck so i can't shoot him so right. i grab the kid boom fucking throw him to the side boom kick him right in the stomach and he has a hole in his stomach his guts just come out Boop. so Damn. there's like intestines like hanging outside of his body from a hole <laughs> and fucking I this motherfucker this wound, this I remember motherfucker. this wound very 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 well do you know what it looked like what did it, it look like like he had like probably 10 holes in his stomach and like it looked like somebody got some bubblicious blew it up and like <laughs> held it in 10 different spots around his stomach <laughs> it did I was like damn that's what the intestines look like <laughs> God damn. 
So That's why a great story? Why I had to patch him up for uh, for about patch, patch him up, and yeah, didn't dude. nobody want me to patch him up. Here's let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you absolute yeah, truth. Yeah. This is what I told these motherfuckers. I'll tell you now, sir. What you yeah. got to do is you ain't never had better training in your life than what's happening right here in front of you. There ain't no training dummy that's a $500,000 or nothing that's going to be worth this. Imagine, right. imagine someday you have this injury, and wouldn't it be nice if you were the third motherfucker I took care of who got 50 cented in Iraq? Yeah. No, nah, you're making a lot of sense. Why? It's like, why waste this opportunity to f- fix this fucking bu- uh, hubba bubba uh, balloon belly guy when uh, I could do it right now and learn all these techniques? This is yeah. the time to do it. And if I fuck up, it ain't it ain't that bad. I I didn't hardly touch the motherfucker. I mm. I brought all the Joes over. I'm like, you apply pressure here, do that. You here, learn this, and everybody like left a better person. I don't know if he lived or died. But it was like I the frog like, oh, in biology no. class. So wait uh, a second, you 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 patched you. I mean, you guys did your best to patch him up, and you you gave direction or whatever to the dudes. Um, <clears throat> is it possible that he lived? No, he didn't live. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, 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 really unlikely. Yeah. Like, uh. No. Let me ask you this: Why? What? What is it that? Um, what is it that nobody really knows about Danny that everybody should know? What what what's really the deal with Danny? Like is <laughs> in, you you know him like tell the truth. What the fuck is it? You know what? I think most people would look at Danny and not know and like I know Danny pretty well. I've known Danny for 12 years now. Uh do you know what I've never seen Danny? I've never seen him out of control angry or something other than a very very believable friend hmm. so he's I, a stable now he's a... i would say that because he's a tattooed scary mexican looking fella <laughs> <laughs> Tattooed, scary, and I tell him every time that I'm out with him, I'm like, "You get your scary ass away from me. There'll be no pussy hat out of here." <laughs> uh, but funny. I love him like a brother, and uh, there's there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. He's the only friend I hang out with from from the army, right? And uh, he matters a whole lot to me, and his family matters a whole lot to me right now. So hey, somebody up. is somebody cutting hair. Yeah, who's, nails? who's playing with the scissors? Yeah, Put what those is that? scissors down? Those clippers. Who's clipping around? I was uh, fucking with this pen. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> clicking the pen. That's right. right. You That's motherfuckers like are struggling to hear me, but you hear this goddamn clicker. No, it's loud. No, we got it. it. We get it all. So let me ask you this. Okay, so we had Easter Sunday crucifixion. What else? What else are, are uh, uh, Danny's greatest stories? Because he he was kind of Danny's greatest hits. Danny's greatest hits. Because we we kind Danny's of uh, we we got the the humble version. Because Danny doesn't like tell on himself. No, no, no I'm, I'm no, I I will tell tell on him. Do it. Uh, <laughs> do it. Come and testify, brother Wyatt. Testify to, I, to I, Danny's greatest hits. Actually, I won't tattle tell on him. There's so much I'll never tell on him, but of course. <laughs> He's a but, scary looking Mexican dude. <laughs> yeah. Um 
But I will tell you the time that I thought he saved my life, that I'm positive yeah. he saved my life. <clears throat> yeah. Um, We were going out on an SKT mission. I think that Danny talked about those last time. Yes. And it didn't involve Danny, but we were going out with some people me and Danny think highly of, and also some people me and Danny think like, well, they were there. Um, And um, we went to, and the the purpose of a small kill team mission is you look for one person, you're going to smoke them, that'll be that. Uh, But they have to be kind of obviously for you kind of thing um we went to one place looking for a position and um we left it and that might have been okay in most any other situation but the the dipshit that was in charge of us uh didn't move us the ranger handbook says you're supposed to either go a terrain feature or a thousand Kilometers away, right? Uh, he didn't. He moved us across the street, and when he did, uh, like I remember telling him, I'm like, "Hey, sir, you like that movie, The Alamo?" He's yeah. like, "All right, why?" It's like, "Cause like this is the motherfucking Alamo, baby. Like these motherfuckers are coming here. Like we got made over at this house, and then you left that motherfucker. You think they didn't call people? Right? Like you went across the street. You didn't go a block down. You went across the street." Can we get the fuck out of here and fucking, like, we'll do a good fight. Like, I'm down for fighting, but can we do it at a good spot? Right. And, um, he didn't. He didn't. He wanted to hang to the Alamo. And do you know what my, <laughs> and in hindsight, do you know what my dumb ass did? My dumb what? ass took off my fucking long sleeve, my flak jacket, and I was like, everybody get the fuck out of this bed. Y'all go hang out in this room, and I took a nap on her couch. <laughs> you took a nap at the Alamo? No, yeah, yeah, I took a nap. I was like, <laughs> I was like, if I'm getting ready to fuck these motherfuckers up, like I'm just gonna grab this knife and grab this gun and smoke these motherfuckers. I swear to God, they're coming. I got, right. like a, I got like a two hour nap in. I woke up, smart, rested up. I got real. That was bit. what they did over there on Wonderland. Dude, they were trying dude, to take a nap, but they dude, showed I up got, a little early. I got real Vietnamish. I fucking just like threw on my fucking flak jacket and fucking kept those shit off. I love that. Like, like suns out, guns out type of shit. And right, Vietnamish, uh, Vietnamish. I like that. Yeah. So wait, how did Danny save your ass though? Wait for it. Okay. <laughs> All right, and then uh, all of a sudden somebody beats on the front door. Yeah. And then I I go up to the front door. I pull my knife out. I was like, this motherfucker's going to kick in the door, and I'm just going to stab him in the fucking throat. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's it's going to be the best mother. It's going to be the best motherfucking shit ever. It's going to be the I best. Love like, Wyatt. like I I'm going to tell guy. my fucking grandkids about the time I fucking slayed this motherfucker in front of everybody. With a, with a knife. You ain't even going to wash the blood off. You're going to let and it dry then, on and keep every, it. Every, Every soldier's dream is like, I'm going to knife this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, shooting somebody and killing them is one thing, but you know your story. If you knife somebody and kill them that way, you're going to fucking go down. Yeah, that's some badass. It's complete bullshit. That's not a military badge. (laughs) Knifing fools in the streets. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Bad business. Yeah. 
as I fucking go to check the door, some motherfucker tries to come in through the top and starts throwing grenades uh, up on the top floor, and that's where some of our people are. Yeah. And they got blowed up. And yeah. then um, one of our boys we'll call Ram Ranger, um, he, he took a... He took a bit of shrapnel to the ass. <laughs> uh, another one of our friends we'll call Big took some shrapnel to the wrist that didn't really affect him. Okay. Uh, another one of our friends who was called fellow whose name I can't really remember in reference. Um, he got a bad wound to the wrist that kind of fucked up his nerves and hands. Stop hitting the pen, what? Sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, uh, I think that was about it, but I had about three patients light up and, and really, so you're, ten, you're tending, you're tending to the wounded, you're tending to the wounded. Yeah. Well, like they're coming down to me. They're like, show me the wounds and treating them. Got it. Um, and, and this uh, is like, everybody's like really converging like, on their spot right now. Like everybody yeah, right. is coming for them yeah right and um literally this is my best medical moment i was literally body rolling one patient to the next treating moving next assessing coming back another patient would would come up on me bigs would tell me like you think i'm okay like fuck yeah go kill people and then you fucking go up you shoot 203s and motherfuckers um and then that'd be that and uh we fucking called out for help and who and who should show up? Danny goddamn Salazar. Danny uh, goddamn Salazar. Uh, and it just made everything make sense. I had like like I literally had no worries when I seen Danny show up. Um, so like you went it, back and took another nap. No, I didn't take a nap. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> like I went. You said Danny's here. We we could chill out a little bit. Then we everybody calmed the fuck down. Danny just showed up. What did you show up with, Danny? Like, what did you what 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 equipment and whatever? Shit, we came with the corral because they started getting fucked up. I remember, and I remember that shit too because it makes me pissed off. Because sometimes, dude, when you have motherfuckers in charge of you and they've been there just longer and they're in that position just because they've been there longer. It yeah. gets a lot of motherfuckers killed, you know, and and it's cool. Like, OK, they've been there long, so let's promote them. And this is a work environment when you're in the States. But when it comes to like your motherfuckers lives are on the line, like I don't believe that somebody should be in that position because they've been here longer, you know. So that's why they got fucked up like that is because somebody was there making those decisions and and chose to put them in a building across from a fucking building that they got compromised from. You know what I mean? Right. So right, exactly. Now, right on. now risk. real quick, let me tell you the funny part of the whole story, okay? All right. My boy who took some shrapnel in the ass region, right? Yeah. I don't know. When you say ass region, like in the middle? Like where? Wait for it. Oh. All right. All right. So I don't Wait know. Wait I don't know what you know about the ass region, but it's connected to the asshole. Yeah, no, I got an ass myself. So uh, I, I know a little I'm, bit about it. We're all sinful with our cracked ass. Anyway, um, <laughs> what you have to understand is, is like anytime something goes around, maybe the GI tract. 
Yeah. You got you gotta take a finger in the butthole. Wait, so, what? <laughs> I know, right? It's bad for yeah. everybody. I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, you anyway. gotta check what happened. You gotta do a check. <clears throat> yeah. This this yep. is medic business. This is medic right. business, right? Here. Right, of course it is. It's purely professional. So, yeah. So, but we're out here in the middle of this thing, and I was like, hey, man, you get popped in your butt. And he's yeah. like, yeah, it kind of hurts. I was like, pull your pants down. He said, say what? And now he's looking for people to kill. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. And I'm like, no, no, pull them pants down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it, sounds like like, a it sounds like a oh, data. You ain't going to do nothing crazy. Or he's like, I'm going to stick my finger in your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He's a doctor. He's got to. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Do you know why it's not gay? Uh, Yeah. Why isn't it gay? Because why is it I, not gay? Because I wore gloves. Uh, okay. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. That's yes, the sir. Yes, but sir. So what I, did you find? I found he had no rectal bleeding, and there's very little uh, need for him to have a colostomy bag. That's a good thing. I'm oh, happy yeah. about it. I'm happy. Listen, I got rel- I got relatives who have a colostomy bag, and let me tell you, it ain't nothing pretty. I'm, I'm gonna send you that picture. ER nurse, I changed colostomy bags. Don't talk to me about fuck. Hey, why don't you talk to me about colostomy bags? And I'll tell you something. My uncle Jimmy had a colostomy bag. All right, and I'll tell you something. He couldn't fart because it sewed up his butthole, and so. I farted and it smelled so bad and this was during the Christmas and my Uncle Jimmy got revenge on me because oh, he was shit. drunk and he took out his colostomy bag and he unscrewed the cap and he squirted all the colostomy oh. air into the air. And let me tell you something, that fecal was lethal. I, I, I mean, listen, I've been confronted face to face with the evils of the colostomy bag. Oh. That's a true story, by the way. That is 100% true. You sound like you know. I am telling you, man. That dude, that dude, if you farted around my Uncle Jimmy, he would just colostomy you. Well, don't threaten me with a good time, sir. I'm a motherfucking <laughs> ER nurse. <laughs> All right, so that dude turned out to be healthy. And then, wait wait a second. So then. What'd you, you do, I, Danny? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I, hey, I actually have, I'm going to send it to you guys. I have the picture of me in the hospital with him on the on the the fucking bed and yeah. they're treating him and that's when we took him out of there when he's laying um, on his stomach uh no he's laying on his back i'm gonna send it to you guys right now but oh uh, here it is but how did so, you say so yeah how did you say how many guys did, what did you, you have you with you when you showed up yeah Danny? was was the building crawling with iraqis like was it like spider eggs i mean like what was it <laughs> there was fire everywhere and then you it, the fucked up part is we put barriers everywhere so cars can't be moving in and out of the city however they want. They only have certain right. places they can come in and out. So right. fucking you can't get to the building. So you come up there and you fucking got to bring all the truck. We brought, I think, four trucks or something, four or six trucks. Went up there and then fucking everybody started shooting shit up. Fucking. I felt like we ran it. Like, I felt like we went from, like, we went from Sneaky Pete people who was found the fuck out to like, oh shit, you fucking shouldn't have fucked with these people because they showed up with four armored fucking goddamn Humvees. Right. With 50 caliber. And then what did you do? You just started picking them off? Just fucking blasting fools? Uh, It's fuck. You just start fucking blasting everybody because nobody's out there unless they're there for that reason. You just start making an impression. 
That's what you yeah. do. You just start making an impression. And like, that's like that that sends them to that's like suppressing fire and cover you, so that yeah, you turn down the street out. and that motherfucker on the machine gun above you is just laying yeah. to waste everything. Well. So you're getting that's... inside a building. Right. right. Coming hot. Yeah. And then are you guys and then so what happens? You guys clear a safe path for the dudes inside to get out? Yeah. We we uh lock down the area, secure an area for them to come out and they get out, hop in the trucks, and then we took them to the hospital. Right. And so, Wyatt, in your mind, that's when uh, Danny showed up and saved your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, without, like, there's there's nobody else I would have wanted to be in charge of the convoy. Right. Uh, Danny, what was, uh, Danny, what, you guys, what is the uh, Army state-issued machine gun? Um, machine gun, we have saw or we have, it's saw is a, a five, five, six, like an AR 15. And that's a regular machine gun. And then we have a two forty Bravo, which is like the size of a bullet of an AK 47. That shall blow your fucking arm off. And is that like, uh, so they don't give you a military issued rifle. They give you one yeah. of those. No, no. You have one machine gun in each, uh, team. You have two teams in a squad, right? And each team has one machine gunner, and uh, the the rest guys are riflemen and all that shit. But what's the, ri- the, the rifle, the rifle they yeah. give you? Rifleman is M4. It's an AR-15, but it's just super smaller. So M4, which was would have been consistency of like uh, in Vietnam when they were giving them M16s. Yeah, that's the same thing, but it's just compact. So you okay. can use it in uh And it's like got a, automatic fire? It's got automatic fire, right? No. You could switch it on. No, it does semi. Semi-automatic. So. Okay, got it. That's interesting. What about grenade launchers? Do they still did they use those in Iraq? Yeah, you have a uh, one guy on each team has a 203, that's the grenade launcher. So they'll have okay. a M4, they'll have their M4 and on the bottom of it it's a tube and that's where all the grenades go that they shoot. Right. And then what about like some because I'm reading like it's funny that Wyatt brought up Vietnam because right now I'm reading a story about a POW in Vietnam. And it's it's interesting because he's talking about sort of uh, the fight that he first gets into, which I think I haven't gotten there yet, leads him to being brought as a POW and how he survives as a POW in Vietnam for like years. But, you know, he's talking about the different equipment. And one of the things he was talking about was, like, claymores and stuff like that. Did you guys have claymores? And, and like, what did you use them for? No, we had claymores in training, but we didn't really use claymores in Iraq because it's too urban. You know what I mean? Right. Claymores are more for era of Vietnam and jungle and terrain like that. So if somebody's coming up on you or, like, if you're in Afghanistan, you know what I mean? You could use a claymore. But right. in Iraq, it wasn't really used that much. Because you guys are in the city. Yeah, exactly. And it's do you, from Europe. I mean, I guess you wouldn't know, but maybe you do. But like, what's the what is the what's the difference when fighting in a city? Like, if you're in the city fighting versus being kind of like in the wilderness fighting, is it tougher because there's more places for bad dudes to hide, or what's the story? Intersections always matter. Intersections are always critical. You yeah. always light up cigarettes before intersections because it might be the end. Yeah. God damn. Hey, real we're... quick. Like, talk about intersections, Andy. I'm getting another beer. P.S. I thought I'd be done by now. I'm supposed to be asleep. You 
rude people. But <laughs> yeah, sometimes it, it it rolls how it rolls. But you know what? If you want, I mean, I think this is a good time. What do you think, Steve? Is this the time that we say adios and kind of wrap it up and and let Wyatt get some shut eye? We hey, let, let, you know what? Hey, but I ain't up. tired. But at the same time, I ain't tired. <laughs> yeah. like, don't let me talk shit. Don't let me talk too much shit. I no, up no, here, no, man, this shut eye. Yeah, uh, give hey, us hey Wyatt, I, 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 get your beer. When you come back, I want you to give us an update on where you're at today, what's going okay, on with cool. you today right. before we sign off. Right? Yeah, all right, that's good because I feel like we got maybe a couple more shows on Wyatt too. I mean, yes. he's got a lot of stories. Yes. Danny and Wyatt showing up. Yeah, man. Right, these two dudes. I love, and now that we're starting to figure out this remote situation, uh, it might be a lot easier to do a lot of shows with Danny and get him get him rolling. Hey, Danny. Yeah. Right. Right now, I'm watching a. Uh, I'm watching. Remember, I told you on the phone the other day. I'm watching this. Uh, this special, this Ken Burns special on um, Vietnam. I started oh, watching man. it last night. Oh, it's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Really, really tells you the political history. Uh, yeah. Really, you guys check that out on Netflix. Everybody that's listening, it's a great, great Vietnam historical. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting drama, because but- you find out. You start to find out, like, what, first of all, why, why, first of all, the history of Vietnam, the people in Vietnam, because when you think about Vietnam, right, and I'm not taking anything away from our soldiers or anything like that, but when you think about the Vietnamese, those are some tough motherfuckers, right? Living underground, figuring out how to do supply chains in Cambodia so they don't get bombed by the U.S., uh, they they would have full on schools underground. They found these tunnels and they would found sections of underground dugout that could hold 150 people, right? And they would be under there. Now the U.S. had superior firearms, superior fucking chemical warfare, napalm, you fucking name it. And somehow the Vietnamese were able to hold out. I mean, I'm not gonna say they won the war in the sense of. They overwhelmed the U.S. force, but they held out just long enough, kind of like what Wyatt was talking about, where the dog handler's will to fight just finally, they just said, fuck it. It's exactly. I agree. But And it's also another thing about the Vietnamese was, remember how you would hear people say when they started talking about ISIS and guerrilla groups like this, they were like, we're fighting people who really are willing to die for this? Yeah. That's that's that the same assumptions have been made. Um, yeah, not to say that our U.S. soldiers weren't willing to die as well, but there's some parts in that in that in this documentary that really draw out how these people um, were willing to go. These were tough people, man, and they believed in what they were fighting for. You know, and the, and it was conviction. their and it was their homeland exactly. Yeah, yeah Danny, what about that? You're like you were in Iraq and stuff, and there's reasons for you to. For us to be there and to try to root out, you know, whoever it was that attacked us. But do you think it's different when you're fighting on someone else's homeland and it's where they live? Yeah, for sure. Because you're creating more enemies just by being there. Right. I could totally understand that. What do you think about... um, Kind of like the like it's weird. You're a little bit older now and you you were there in Iraq too. Kind of around the time when we had a real stake in the game. And then it just seemed like these actions in Iraq and Afghanistan kind of went on. And now you have coronavirus and it's kind of like petering out. What are your thoughts or impressions about where the wars are going or how they're ending or if they're ending or if it's kind of like, well, why the fuck did we do all that if we're just going to kind of like peter out and just kind of disappear? What are your thoughts? It's never going to end. 
It's never gonna end. Think about any war that we've ever been. Did we ever truly leave there? No. Exactly. You're right. We've never anywhere anywhere we've ever been at war. We've yeah. never left. We've always kept a foothold in there. So, like, we keep our foot on their necks so that if they ever fuck up, we're right there. And they know that we can fuck them up. I love that. You know what? The fucking Danny's right. Because even even in, like, look, I'm not trying to make a political statement, but even the wars against the Indians, every time there was, like, a treaty and everyone's like, all right, we're going back to it's going to be cool now, the government just kept rolling. All the way for 150 years, they were like, we're keeping rolling until we're, this country is from one coast to the other coast, and all the hostiles are moved on to these other parcels of land. We've got a base in Saudi Arabia. We've never let that go. Once we've, Danny's right. Once we put a foothold there, we never left. What are you they doing? ever going to leave? Think about that in terms of the coronavirus. Go ahead. Or, or- do you think, think now that they got a foothold, the foothold right here in this coronavirus and what they're doing? No. Do you think it's ever going to go back to normal the way it was? No. In fact, I'll tell you, I'll do you one better, Steve. Huh. I don't think it should go back to normal. I, I Listen, on one level, when you talk about, like, let's say, uh, like freedoms or, or spying on Americans, right? Knowing, like, they're putting ankle bracelets now on people who've been infected in certain parts of the country to keep track of them. All right. So on the one hand, right, constitutionally, freedom-wise, there's a part of me that's like, that's fucked up, right? But you got to also remember, they've already told us that the NSA's got algorithms that's listening to every fucking thing we do on a cell phone that's watching us through all that, right? We all know that. No one's done shit about it. We didn't get up in arms. That, That foothold's never going away. So the coronavirus, but I'll tell you this, a lot of the trivial side hustle, fucking superficial fucking bullshit that was keeping us busy, that busyness that was full of nothing. Right. That distraction should never come back. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? What is it? Do you know what this is? What is it? War mentality. Meaning, meaning when you're in the theater of war, all that stupid shit kind of goes away and you got real problems versus all you the trying fake to bullshit. live or you trying to die. You trying to live. You trying to die. Yeah, I like that. Like, like it's one that. or the other. Like that's a good day or a bad day. Like that's 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 the fucking end of it. And it's time people start feeling like that. Like it's time Dude, I- people start appreciating. Do you I like think that. I like that too? Do you, Wyatt and Danny, both of you, do you think that contributes a little bit to sort of like the difficulty of reintegrating into the United States once you've been in the theater of war? Is like you come back and people are complaining about stupid shit and you just can't relate? Yeah. You think, you think like finally now the rest of the world is catching or we are falling back into the rest of the world, like what the real world has been. Like if you go to other countries and see what other countries are like, what we're dealing with is so minute to those countries. And they're looking at us like, damn, these motherfuckers is really tripping. Like they have first world problems. Right. Like, let me, let me, you know what? And I'll America tell you does not know what it's like to be without. Like yeah. it absolutely does not know what it's like to do without, and like to like, and you know what? I've been just a little bitch like everybody else for the last few fucking weeks. I've been bitching about fucking having to reuse a mask, like 
in the fucking ER setting, like, I'm, in some places, don't have a mask. Right. Like, it can be worse. Like, it can be worse. Right. Like, it can be way worse. I haven't been in the service, but what I wanted to say was, uh, like, yes, prison on many levels can be very difficult. Doing a shoe term and being locked up in a cell. I've been to jail or, three times, and I find a lot of uh, similarities between jail and goddamn army. Uh, like, I don't want to speak for prison. Like, happily, I have not been in prison. But I've been in jail three times. They've never let me in general population. <laughs> like, I've never been put in general population. Uh, because like this motherfucker is too hot headed. He's too I don't know what. Like and thank God for that. Cause at the ripe old age of thirty nine, I'm like shit. Somebody would stab me. Like right. I like I'd be worth killing. Like I'd be totally well, worth killing. Well, what I what I'm getting at is, I have friends that have done long stints in prison. And although prison is tough and bad and all that, don't ever forget that we laugh in prison. We right. play games in prison. Right. Yeah. We, you lock me up in a cell for 16 months with a buddy of mine. We're going to get through it. We're going to laugh. We're going to joke. We're going to read. We're going to. We get through it. And I got friends that have come out from doing, you know, 25, 30 years. And I call them and tell them what they think. And they're like, man, I'm built for this shit, man. They're grateful that they have a phone. They're grateful that they're alive. They're grateful for the freedom. They're grateful that they can watch TV, that they have something to eat. That they, all these things, like you're saying, you know, we don't know. Americans, most of us don't know how to live without. We haven't had to go without. And I'm telling you, you, you know, I'm built. I'm just saying, as a, uh, as a, as a non-disclosure, I'm just saying right now, yeah. I'm built for this shit, man. You know what? You know what? I'm going to say this. And I'm I'm not I'm I'm gonna add to what you said, which is this: Americans do live without, and they do know how to live without. It ain't the shit that you normally think about, but Americans have been living out living without real relationships for a long yes, fucking time. Yes, living without in that pers- respect. Right. Yes, absolutely. Americans have been living without actual deep knowledge on certain issues. For a long fucking time. That's the underlining. That's when you go a little bit deeper. It's complimenting exactly what you said. Yes, absolutely. So now I look at a lot of shit right now and I'm like, you know, uh, right now is a perfect opportunity for people to find out what's truly important to them and how to occupy themselves and how to, like somebody was telling me, like, if you don't come out of this thing, if you, unless you're sick. If you don't come out of this thing with a new skill, that's on you. Right. That's yeah, on fucking that's right. you. That's right. So so let me ask a medic. Let me ask a medic, Wyatt. What is your... Some people think the coronavirus is bullshit. I read sometimes people are like, ah, oh, it's just hype. It's not going anywhere. And then I, I see other things where they're like, dude, uh, we have prisoners digging mass graves because we're expecting a lot of people to die. From a medical perspective, Wyatt, uh, what what is your take on coronavirus? Um, here's what I would say. Well, first off, let me say more who I am. Go ahead. Um, I was a medic in the army. Um, 
I am a registered nurse here. Uh, I'm a travel nurse. Okay. Um, and I have been working in the L.A. County area here for the last month and a half. And I have literally went from talking shit about the coronavirus. Like, it's not nothing compared to flu. It's not shit. Right. Two weeks later, everything seems crazy. Uh, and uh, maybe I should quit this job. Uh, two weeks after that, maybe I should join the army again because Trump's opening up different positions that were not open for retirees and that kind of shit. Right, because they need them. Yeah, and then to today where I'm just like, hell no, like I'll just pick where I the community I help and I'll do better. Um. Like literally, the the rules change every day. And, and if anybody tells you they completely understand COVID right now, I think they're a little bit full of shit. Right. Um. I tell you what, the thing like I'm going to give you that hard honesty that I shouldn't do, but I'm going to give it to you right now, real quick. I Good. hate I hate medical ego, and nobody is approaching this humbly. Um. I don't what? think you'll. I don't think you'll even understand this disease until August. I fucking totally agree with that. Makes total sense to me. That makes total sense to me. So you're saying, to a certain extent, medical ego meaning know it allism. No, like two months ago, everybody thought they knew everything you should do for PPE. They've changed <laughs> every rule in the world for like masks and gloves for the last. Uh, fucking month and a half. Right, like, meaning like, rule, like, like, is this thing protected by this or this or that or this, or should you have this many resources or that many resources? Like, literally, the rules are changing every day. Like, you, like you, like I'm, like my official statement on this whole process is like I can't keep up. Right. And he's in the ERs, which is crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. right. So like, he's on the front line, and he's with the people that may know the most. And again, they're learning as they go, if they learn anything. And he's saying it's not going to be till August till they kind of understand this thing. Before and that's not even every 12-hour shift, I get like a 15-minute meeting where I'm like, hey, this is how we're doing things today. And it has changed every day for the last two, three weeks. Right. And all we know about is that they're just now, like at the regular people, we're just now hearing that maybe the World Health Organization's uh, discussion on masks is incorrect, that maybe now people should wear a mask, even though it might not be 100% protective for a lot of people. Now the World Health Organization is already saying, like, you know what, maybe you should wear a mask because they don't know. I'm so happy you asked about something official. Let me go ahead and say none of this is official. I'm just some asshole who's should be asleep right now, and I'm five beers deep. Yeah, leave me the fuck alone, okay? Yeah. So, so like before anybody goes and quotes me on fucking Fox News, fucking go ahead and quote this part. Suck a cock, this dick right here. <laughs> I'm drunk. Leave me the fuck alone, okay? Right. I'm right. not responsible for my words. This is drunk, Josh. <laughs> you got to take it up with him, okay? Right. right. Having said that. Um, yes. 
be fucking humble in front of all this. Like, I'm not trying to be a fucking... Like, I've been cocky about it, and it turns out I was kind of wrong. Damn, um, it, takes it takes a big man to say that. Um, Like, I... I I think we should give a shit. I think we should care. I don't think the world's seen anything like this in quite a while. Right. Uh, the, the last time I felt like this was on September 11th. Right. But I'm also very happy to be helping in it in a uh, ER nurse fashion. Right. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you for your yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank you for oh, your service. We heard from we heard from Danny. We heard from Danny that you guys love that. So thank you. You goddamn right. You goddamn <laughs> right. Send all your love to this. Send nudes to at the gray man, man. Uh, hey, this hey, this motherfucker has a so he travels right. He's a traveling nurse. He yeah. converted a Sprinter van to live in. Yeah, nice. Oh, that's that's why my family is like, hey, you just want to stay with us instead of staying in your van the whole time. You could live with us. That's wonderful. Your family, Danny. Yeah, that's awesome. Now wait a second, Danny. Um, so how are you doing? What's your take on the coronavirus? What's going on with you? Man, I don't know. I went and got tested yesterday because okay. the other day I, I was at home. And I was sitting on the couch, and my son comes walking around the couch, and he has—he's uh, one years old, so he has a diaper. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Wow, the the oxygen got different when he came by." And I was like, "Did this fool shit himself? Because I can't smell it, but I could tell there's a a the density in the air changed. Like, yeah, there's you know, a hu- there's a humidity, a dankness. Yeah, something's in the air that's yeah, not right. Shit you learned but in I, the army, but I couldn't hear it. Right, I couldn't smell yeah. it. I mean. Yeah. Danny, Danny, real quick. Is this your coming out party? Is this your COVID positive bullshit? <laughs> you wanna know what do you wanna know what medic humor sounds like? You fucking pussy. <laughs> Imagine you got COVID and you go into this contr- uh, drunk Kentucky dudes, the last thing you see yeah. before they put the mask on you. All right, so anyway, you saw the heat waves. Right. You saw the heat waves coming from the diaper, but you didn't smell anything. No, yeah, I smelt like I smelt the density of the air change. So I was like, "What the?" Like, it sounds like a like grenade when it, when went it, off more than a no, diaper like when, it, when it's about to rain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when it's about to rain. Right. You feel it. You're like, "Oh, the air got thick." That's There's how that shit was. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "What the fuck?" And I tell my wife, and she's like, "You're fucking full of shit. You're just trying to fucking not change the diaper." And I was like, yeah. "Sometimes that's true, but this time right. it wasn't." Right. <laughs> so i fucking i was like no i'm like i'm fucking serious right now like what the fuck and she like she's like he is shit and she changes the diaper and she's like you're yeah. so full of shit and she's like talking shit to me and i'm like bro i'm telling you right now i cannot i was like give me the fucking diaper right now she hands me a diaper i put it to my face and i'm like i cannot smell this diaper and it's full of shit <laughs> and i was like fuck. that's not okay <laughs> Yeah, that's not a good sign. That's one of the signs of COVID. All right, no? all right, all right, Danny. Here's here's like another idea for a test. Okay, like if you tell me you can't smell or taste nothing. Yeah, are you ready for this? Okay, shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. God damn it, I'm real. Like this oh, is ready? science. God damn it, for science, go. All right, all, all right. right. The hottest motherfucking hot sauce you could ever fuck with in your whole goddamn life. Like, like I'm talking like internet worthy shit. Right, like, like, like fucking ghost pepper or something higher than that. 
Yeah, like, well, if you can't taste that, and if you just fucking gonna smile at me while you do that, I'd be like, this motherfucker got that bad Rona. Like, he got... <laughs> bad like, Rona. You know what? That's bad Rona. You know, you know what? You, motherfucker, you could either have Corona Light, or you could have Corona Extra. If you can't taste <laughs> that shit, you got Corona yeah. Extra. Yeah, yeah extra. that's right. I got a question for you, Danny. Yeah. In the picture, in the picture that you just sent me, is Wyatt in that picture? No, Wyatt's not in that one picture. Damn! I wanted to get a, I wanted to get an idea on Wyatt in there. Yeah, we need a, we need I a was bald-headed. I was bald-headed. I wasn't even near as pretty as I am now. You, you want one of these new pictures? So who are um, these other dudes that are standing next to you? The guy on on the bed is the one that took the shrap metal in the ass, right? Yeah. So Biggs is the one. Hold on, let me get back to it. All right. There's Baird, which is the one that's right next to me. I'm the one closest to the bed. There's Biggs, which is Trevor. And then there's Bolton, which is the one that's closest to the camera. So those are all my boys. We don't even talk no more, really. Like, none of us really talk no more. I think it's because we just... We have so many fucked up memories that we just like choose to go off on our own shit. Right. But I will say this, like like it's hard to interact with them, but when you do, it fucking pays off usually. Like usually it <laughs> I love that. It pays up usually. I love that usually. there's like a quali- <laughs> there's a qualifier at the end of it. Usually. Like, like, usually, usually everything turns out, occasionally something turns out so bad, so fucking bad, <laughs> so fucking bad, you don't even want to talk about it, and you won't talk about it, but I'm just saying, like, usually things turn out so good. Hey, Danny, when they tested you, what did they do? Did they do, like, a cheek swab, or did you spit in a cup? What did they do? <sighs> I did on my live yesterday, so I think it might be up still, so if you guys yeah. want to look at it, and yeah. then, uh. I I I saved it, so I'll probably post it up again so people can see. But it was a uh, right. that you drive, you get in this fucking long ass line, you pull up to the first thing. There's a person that is like fully suited up, but they're like ten feet away, and they're like, "Roll down your window," and they're like, <laughs> "All right, here's a set of questions they ask you if we, like you've been drinking or eating in the last like twenty minutes, if this and that, like." And then they say, all right, go to the next station. So you go to the next station. There's another dude. He's all fucking suited out. He's like, roll down your window. He's like, did you watch the little video? Because they give you a little video that you're supposed to watch on your phone. Right, right. And you watch it and it tells you how to do it. And they come up there and they give you the bag. And they're like, all right, here's the instructions. Go over it with you again. And they say, all right, pull forward. You got to fucking pull this, like, tube that has some solution in it and then uh, a stick that has like a swab on it and they have you swab or you grab a mask and you put it in front of your face and you cough as hard as you can for like four times to try to get everything you can up and then you yeah so you then you swab your right cheek for 10 seconds left cheek and then the roof of your mouth all the way in the back if you can and then stick it in the tube with the solution shake it up put it in the bag and throw it in this trash can with the with a bag and then damn damn and 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 just so that all the conspiracy theorists and all that stuff that are out there you know eating double cheese pizza in the dark and dreaming up weird shit you're not 
being paid by the army to say this shit to to reinforce this fake corona thing you actually are really doing this right fuck no i really went there <laughs> like hey when you get there i'm like man i'm straight like this fucking corona shit ain't nothing and then you get there and you start doing the test and running you through this shit you're like damn this shit is fucking for real for real. <laughs> like right it, it looked like a scene out of that old ass movie outbreak with the monkey right it yeah. looked like that you're just like whoa what the fuck like this is really happening and there's a long ass line of people getting tested so you're just like fuck like there's a possibility most of these motherfuckers are infected that are in this line right now and they're going to go from here and they're going to go home or they're going to go get food after this they're going to go do whatever the fuck it is and that person's going to interact with another person another person another person i'm like son of a bitch yeah so then what other do you have any other are you symptomatic in any other way um i've been having a headache for the last couple of days but like i don't know like at some point you're just like fuck is my mind fucking with me like because i've had so many fucking like being in the military you get shot up with so much shit so my immune system is so crazy like i get sick like every five years or something like one time hey hey real quick danny can can i tell you something no. <laughs> Go ahead. Say it. You want to know somebody? Tell me. I got all the same shots you got. I deal with the sickest of the sick people in the world. And you know what? I feel like a Greek motherfucking god, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think that's about as beautiful a place to leave it. Greek guy Wyatt, Doc Wyatt, Danny S. Uh, we're gonna. You know what? Let's check back in with Danny in a couple of days and see how he's doing. Yes, you guys. I want to. Hey, I want to thank you, Wyatt, for getting on, working with us today, staying, staying up after your long shift, sharing right. your story with us, my right. brother. Right. This has been man, a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Man, and on top of all, you know, thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for the service you're currently doing. The in medical the service. County of Los Angeles. And, man, we wish you the best of luck. We will be checking in with you again soon for a part two. Yeah. And, uh, listen, have a great day. Be safe out there. And have another beer on us at the Hard Luck Show. Have shit. Have two. Yeah. Thank Danny. you so much, uh, guys. Like, I... I don't know if this is one of those things I'm supposed to say. Uh, I'm at the Gray Man Van. That's what I uh, fucking travel nurse under. Um, yes, right. follow him, like, guys. Is that a smart thing? Is, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. I, I, genius. It's a genius thing. Gray Man Van. At Gray Man Van. At Gray Man Van. Look up Wyatt. At, Look, follow at Wyatt. the Gray Man Van. At the Gray Van Man. Send yeah. nudes. Send nudes. Listen, this guy's on the front lines of fucking medicine. Yeah. Send fucking nudes. He needs to see uh, snapshots of Snatch, Twat, a- I don't know Chile, what. whatever. Yeah, Men, women, send him your nudes. bumpy nipple, smooth nipples, whatever. Guys, you know, your fucking pelotas, whatever yeah, you whatever want. whatever you send, want. Send him naked pictures. I can't, can't say to... you're wrong. I can't say you're wrong. I can't say exactly. you're wrong. Exactly. Thank you. God no. bless. Hey, God bless Wyatt. 
God, yeah. God so bless much. his heart. God bless Danny. Danny, kiss, stay healthy. We'll check in with you in the next couple of days. Listen, Danny, never forget Wyatt owes you everything. You saved his bacon. So, I mean, you pretty <laughs> much are in charge of his life from here on out. He owes you beers for sure. Infinite beers for life. Yeah, Holy face masks, <laughs> free COVID testing, all right. that shit. He needs to forward the nudes that he gets to you, Danny, because you're entitled to those as well. And then, <laughs> Danny, you have anything you want to add? No, just I'm just waiting it out. I've been locked up in my room for the last few days away from my whole family. And they just like come bring food to the room and leave and got masks and gloves and don't fuck with me at all. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. enjoy this time, Danny. Enjoy this time, Danny. Okay. You're just doing it to not change diapers. And you should sneak out the back window. Put the pillows underneath the covers and sneak out the back window. Hey, tell them to slip you a bunch of mota or something yeah. you could smoke. You know what yeah, I mean? Like have yeah. some good times in there. You got mota in there, don't you? I can't smoke because I don't want to fucking get smoked lungs and edibles, edibles, ah, edibles. Yeah, yeah, hey, no, no, Steve, tell cookies to send them. I need to get some more. Yeah, What's, hey, what is this pussy shit? What's this pussy shit we're talking you, about? Right? You weren't here. afraid to smoke the, no, the pookie? Hey, World uh, the World Health Organization said pot smoke fucking cures COVID in your lungs. And it's, it's a essential. It's yeah. essential. Dude, Wyatt was just in a 15 minute meeting where the surgeons were saying that smoke as much weed as you can, it clears up the lungs. Ta da! <laughs> All right, so get get some get some of that cookies. Yeah, cookies. shout out to cookies. Hey, tell cookies yeah. to send our American hero some fucking yeah. edibles. Yeah, cookies send yeah. some West big, at Westgrown. Yeah, at Westgrown. Big burn. Big, big burn. Big burn. Big burn. Shout out to Esteban Oreo. Esteban Oreo. Shout out big to Mr. Real. Cartoon Soul Assassins. Shout, big Lep Dog. Big Lep. Shout out to uh, fucking Schmitty. Yeah. Hey, what about shout the, out to King the Salmon? The documentary's coming out. L.A. Originals on the tenth. Drop April 10th, Netflix. 10th. Don't act Everybody like you don't have time to watch it. Yeah, believe me, they got time to watch it. Motherfuckers, for all your legal needs. All your legal needs. By the way, man, I've never been busier in my entire life. And that's, that's the awesome. truth. That's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Uh, uh, sponsors. I want to thank some of our sponsors. Right. Uh, Supermax Hardware. Yes. At Supermax Hardware. Yeah. I want to also uh, shout out thanks to. Enzo's Pizzeria. Oh. That's at Enzo's Pizzeria in right. Westwood, California. They're doing takeout and delivery. So yes, you can pick are. up your fucking pizza pie. They just sent over 50 pizzas to UCLA uh, Medical Center. Yes. So shout out to Manscaped. Cut Manscaped. Your bush. That's Cut right. Cut your bush. We love Manscaped. At Manscaped. And promo code is Lucky20. Right. 20% off. Yep. And free delivery. Jungle Gym. That's Clean up it. your jungle gym. Hey, knock it off. If you're going to be pulling, make it short. <laughs> Adios, amigos, from the Hard Luck Show. Be safe. Ciao.